Welcome to Lambs to Lions. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. Hi. Hi. All right. So this week we're in summer at the theater. We are watching nice Jesus Revolution. That's right. Such a good movie. We've seen it a lot of times. So good. But here we are set in the 60s, late 60s, um, the time of the hippies, our parents. People didn't understand them. So the story of these hippies, this generation of young people that people didn't understand, and the story of a pastor and a crazy hippie evangelist guy named Lonnie. Frisbee. That's right. So Pastor Chuck and hippie Lonnie. That's so good. So it follows just... Their, their life and also just a couple of the other characters, but just showing how the world was just in turmoil with politics and war and all that, which isn't so different from right now. And, you know, they're really just finding that these young people were looking for all the right things. But in all the wrong places. That's right. So it's awesome to see. We're just going to lean into that, just kind of what, what they learned as they, as they lean into what does the gospel look like, you know, for this new generation at the time. Hi, Chloe. <laughs> <laughs> Even though they're so different, they're similar in the sense that they both really love Jesus. That's right. And again, the message isn't so different. No. It was just the method. That's right. And I think that I relate to that a lot, even within our church. Yeah, this you know, community. The message is sacred, but the method isn't. That's right. And so we mess with the methods. No, it's good. Yeah, I love it. Resonated with me on so many levels, and even just the things from the '60s are the things that we that we look at today. Even as we look at our generation of kids now, so. Mm-hmm. And I like that that the pastor was willing to do whatever it took to reach people with the gospel. That's right. Well, let's give it up for College Street Worship one more time. Aren't you glad you came to church? 7 a.m. Sunday morning. Man, you may be seated. Uh, thanks again, men, for starting your week off and your day off uh, with us. And we get to do this. We get to be a church of men, a community of men that gathers together, comes together to grow as becoming better leaders, better fathers, and better husbands for the glory of God. How many of you could use some of the, of the Lord today? Lay down some stuff today that you could do without and pick up some stuff to lighten your load that you could share with others and you've come to the right place. All right. Well, man, I, I can't tell you how uh, excited I was. Um, it was hard to sleep last night. My win since I got the stage now is not only that, you know, my kids participate in this, but my wife is going to be preaching the 1030 and the 430. And uh, if you don't know this, Pastor Ray Bailey that's online is my father-in-law. So that's Charmaine's dad. And it's cool to see legacy, you know, taking place in the kingdom of God. So I've entitled today's message Doors. And not, it's not named after the band, okay? Um, but in our community, we know there are many doors that are open and there are doors that are closed and there are doors that are open to people in need. But not all doors lead to Christ. I mean, that's worth writing down right there. However, some doors appear to be more Christ-like than other doors, even though they may not even be believing in Jesus on the other side of that door. Are you with me? 
but they seem to be more Christ-like than some of the Christians. The doors that should be open should be the local church, faith-filled businesses, and our homes. And I love our community. I love the the generosity of of Chilliwack and the Fraser Valley. And and coming in, we did our research and found some statistics that shows that we're one of the most generous communities in all of Canada. Did you know that? Yeah, Fraser Valley. It's one of the most giving communities in all of Canada. And uh, however, though, I have noticed some other things that we could work on. In Chilliwack, Charmaine and I have noticed that there is a a culture of church-hopping people that um, get hung up on their nuances of theology. I don't know if you ever noticed that, but, but we need to get over the little differences and keep the main thing the main thing, right? Loving God and loving others. Come on. We are all saved by grace, and we are saved through faith. And it is not our perfect behavioral theology, all right? Christ died once and for all. And when he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, come on, man, say he lives. He lives for the glory of God. That's Romans 6, verse 10. So when people are searching and they're seeking for love, will they be welcomed with open doors and open arms, or will we get in the way? Well, in this next clip, we see Pastor Chuck and Lonnie just having a real heart to heart about, you know, who are the hippies and what are, you know, what are they about and what are they after? And, and, you know, Lonnie just, he's like, he just kind of pauses and he's just saying, you know, they're, they're looking for love. They're looking for all the right things just in all the wrong places. But, you know, he goes on to say, is like, you know, he, they call, he calls them my people. You know, and he says, you know, my people, they can only go through doors that are open to them. And he says, you know, and your church doors, those are not open to them. They're shut. Yeah, this is probably one of the, the hardest scenes it's for a, me to watch. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it hits you hard. Um. And I think of that even as the local church and the, the bride of Christ that that we are called to reach every available person by every available means necessary. That's right. And how sometimes we get in the way yeah. of people coming to know Jesus. It was James, the brother of Jesus in Acts fifteen nineteen, that said, let us not make it difficult mm-hmm. for those that are coming to know God. Yeah, that's right. Oh, it's really good. Yeah, it's such a it's such a challenging and convicting moment in the movie. But you just think about it too, how they're just they're looking, they're looking for to belong, they're looking to be known and seen and loved and and you know, as the body of Christ, we should be the first ones. And they're looking for community. And that's something that hasn't changed. Yeah. People are gonna go not where they're tolerated, but where they're celebrated. That's right. And a lot of the times it's not so much what they believe, but who they are. And if mm-hmm. they feel welcome and they feel accepted, you know, they're going to be drawn to those things. But sometimes those crowds aren't healthy and they don't have the best intentions for them. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we have to ask ourselves as a church, are we open to the people that need Jesus? 
And how will they know that we are his disciples, but by our love for one another? Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, that's very powerful. Such a reflective one just for our own hearts, right? Where we can get in that mindset of too, if we don't understand something or or whatever, we start to criticize what we don't understand instead of so leaning in this, with love. In this next scene, we have a lot of them, a lot of the characters, I'm sorry, I don't know all the characters that are in it, but they end up at an outdoor concert. So yep, they're singing, right. there's music, um, they're, they're even dropping drugs dropping from drugs, sky, yeah. Like, and But what are they preaching? They're preaching love. Yeah, everyone right? is welcome here. Everyone's welcome. Everyone is accepted. And you know, it's it's what the church should be preaching. Yeah, within boundaries. Yeah, within healthy boundaries. And um, here's yeah, here's these young people looking for love in the wrong places. But we're going to see that this is where the church comes in. This is where every church needs to ask themselves in their community, what problem are we called to solve? It's mm, good when it comes to ministering to those that eat Jesus the most. Yeah, that's good. Good stuff. So there's a romance that's also taking place during all this, isn't there? Yeah, you see, yeah, see Greg and Kathy starting to get to know each other, but without God at this point, anyway. But you see that there's the same thing; they're searching. It's kind of cool. So, how to tell us a little bit? Tell us a little bit about that relationship and how does that transpire into uh, an example of a godly relationship, a healthy relationship between a guy and a girl. Oh, goodness, honey, that's a big question. <laughs> You'll see as, as we go on in the movie, but just how they, again, as they're searching for love and they're searching for all that, they do find, find God. In one it. thing I noticed between the two, it's really cute, um, and there's one scene where, um, uh, who, what's his name, the guy, says to her. Greg. Greg says to, help me out. Kathy. Kathy says, um, hey, you know, are we dating? Are we doing this thing? And it says, I guess so. But the moment you come between me and God, it's over. And it's so hilarious because they like have a laugh. But the reality is they finally have their priorities in the right place. Mm -hmm. They're not putting all the weight on each other to complete mm -hmm. that relationship. Really They're putting it on God. And that's what it was designed for. That scene gets me every time. You know, I think if we could just pause for a minute, do we see that when we see addicts in our streets? All these young people. Myself and a, and a team from this church went up to uh, share to young people in Calgary at a conference called Legacy, a victory conference. And while we were at that conference, we got to hear from another worship artist. And he said something that really hit me. He said, we were all created to be addicts. And as he paused for a moment, I thought, what? And then he said, we were all created to be addicted to Jesus. That's why we search for other things and cling on to other things and try to fill that vo void. But we were all created to be addicts of our loving Savior. So much so that we would have passion, which comes from the Latin word. The first time it was ever used, passio, was to describe Christ's suffering for us on the cross. 
we'd be willing to suffer for the sake of others and for the sake of the gospel. To reach every available person by every available means necessary. Lonnie Frisbee in the movie says, I know we must seem a little strange, (laughs) but if you look a little deeper, if you look with love, hmm, that's the key, isn't it? If you look with love, that's worth writing down. You'll see a bunch of kids that are searching for all the right things just in all the wrong places. And they can only walk through doors that are open to them. Our church, our doors are open. But are our hearts open to the outsiders as much as the front doors of our church are open? Before we get into the scripture, I'm going to give you the first point. And that is welcoming others through open doors. We'll be studying the, the book, the book of Romans today. And I always love to give you a little bit of a snapshot. Because context creates clarity and maybe it's a refresher for some of you. Maybe it's brand new, but just, just a quick snapshot of what the book of Romans is about. Paul is the author and he's writing a letter to the Romans Paul was formerly known as Saul of Tarshish, who was a Jewish rabbi belonging to the Pharisees. And he was passionate about the Torah, which is the first five books of the Bible, the law and the traditions of Israel. He saw Jesus and his followers as a threat. Then he had a radical encounter with the risen Jesus who commissioned him as an apostle, an official representative of Jesus. And he commissioned him to go to the world of non-Jewish people, the Gentiles, and he starts going by his Roman name, Paul. And he travels all around the Roman Empire telling people about the risen Jesus. And he forms his followers into communities called churches. And Paul would write letters to these churches to foster their faith and answer any questions. The book of Romans is one of these that does just that. The church in Rome was made up of both Jewish and non-Jewish followers of Jesus. At one point, the emperor of Rome expels all the Jewish people out, forcing them to leave for five years. When they returned back to the church, they found that the church had become very non-Jewish in their customs and in their practices. And this created, as you would imagine, some tension and some division amongst the church. They debated on how to follow Jesus and how to celebrate the Sabbath and even circumcision and whether someone was actually saved if they hadn't been circumcised. Thank God they figured that one out. (laughs) You know, it was James that stated in Acts 15, 19 on this matter, and he said this, it is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Paul wrote this letter to accomplish these things. A, in your notes, 
He wanted the divided church to become unified. B, he was hoping that the Roman church would become a staging ground for the message to go to Spain and all around the world. And C, Paul gives the full explanation of the gospel. The good news of Jesus' life, death, resurrection. And the letter has four main movements or sections, if you would. It is united as one following explanation of the gospel. Starting with chapters 1 to 4 in your notes, the gospel reveals God's righteousness. In chapters 5 to 8, the gospel creates a new humanity. In chapters 9 to 11, the gospel reveals God's promise to Israel. In chapters 12 to 16, the gospel unifies the church. Paul reminds us that God's line of promise is carried on by those who follow Jesus. Paul reminds us that for a long time, people inside and outside of Abraham's family have rejected God and his will. He shows us how how God used even the people that rejected him for his redemptive purposes. Isn't that beautiful? Chapter 10, Paul is addressing Israel in the present. And the reason many have rejected Jesus is because they base their covenant relationships with God on their performance and the commands of the Torah. They don't recognize what God has done through Jesus, creating a new covenant family on the basis of faith. And that is where we'll be focusing today. So we're going to read Romans 10, 1 to 21, as men. And if you would feel so bold as to come up and read out of your word that you brought with you today, and if you didn't bring it, I got it right here in front of me. And we're going to start with the men online, give honor to all those mighty men joining us online. And by the way, we also have men that are joining us on YouTube. We can't see them, but they can see us. And one of those men that I know that is joining us today is my father. So thank you, Dad. Um, I'm going to start with Romans 10, verse 1. I got a, a clock that's counting down for me now, so that's good. It says, brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. That they may be saved. In the Jesus Revolution movie, Lonnie makes a comment that these people are searching for the right things just in all the wrong places. That they are sheep without a shepherd. And Paul focuses on salvation. He reminds us to keep the main thing, the main thing, salvation. And there's only one way to the Father, and we know that is through the good shepherd, through the Son, Jesus. And, you know, we've been, we've been blessed. I don't know if you know this, men, if you're joining us, uh, maybe for the first time, you just have gotten to know us and a part of this family. But as a church, this church has been a part of a thousand salvations that we know of since launching College Street in 2020. A thousand, over a thousand now. That's a big deal. 
But if we're not careful, we can lose the Christ culture that has led us to these salvations and this discipleship. Like the church in Rome, we mustn't get so hung up on the methods that we miss the message. And I think that's in your notes. You know, how many times is the Lord challenging us on our way versus his ways? Our thoughts versus his thoughts. In Isaiah 55, it says, hey, your ways and your thoughts, they're not mine. Mine are higher. <laughs> Thank the Lord. But we must remain open. Throughout COVID, we faced the challenge with, the, with conviction and we continued this with our call. Open doors and open hearts. It's more than just having the open sign. It's being open to receive everyone in search of answers, in search of a savior. Our gatekeepers need to be ready to receive those that are searching as opposed to those that have maybe just their own agenda. And verse eight, it says, but what does it say? The word is near to you. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. The word is near to you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. Romans 10 verse eight. Verse 13, for everyone, someone say everyone. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Okay, I love this oh. scene. It's the best. It's my, one of my favorites. Absolutely. But you see, you know, after Pastor Chuck's been under some criticism from having hippies in his church. And from his own board. Yeah, from his own board. Not our board. But anyway, but you know, and some of the criticism was that they weren't wearing shoes and they might be wrecking the carpet. Oh, yes. And carpet, uh, right. that's right. <laughs> Priorities, you know, in eternity. But then you see, we come to this clip where he's... Um, where you see Pastor Chuck washing their feet and saying, come on in, you know, you're welcome here. And it's so beautiful. And, and, uh, but then he just gets right into it and it says, you know what, Every, you're welcome here. This is your home. You know, faith is a journey. It's not a guilt trip. And, and you're welcome here any time of day. And, and it's just so great. But then he, he also goes on to really like politely, but straightforward. He says, you know, but that, that door, it works both ways. So, you know, if you're, if that doesn't, if you kind of, if you can't be accepting, then you're welcome to go to. Yeah. It's such, yeah, it's such a bold move and he does it so with such gentleness and conviction. It's really good. I like his approach because, and this part got me, you know, we've seen this like five times now. You cried all the time, but, every time. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, but he had everyone look at him. Mm -hmm. Like even the naysayers, like he says, would you look at me, please? And he says, like, everybody. And that includes, you know, his board members and all these young people in his church. And I think what really got me, too, was his daughter. Because mm. in the beginning of all this, she's falling away from her faith. Yeah, she wasn't too interested anymore. You know, yeah, Because, like, the Jesus that she reads about versus the, what's happening in the world and, and that, you know, is, isn't, isn't lining up until yeah. her dad opens up his doors and, uh, and it was it was taking a lot of risks yeah. right because he knew well we got people that give to the church that have been here for a long time and they might not agree with with the way we're doing church right now you know and really like the hippies that were coming in weren't 
necessarily what they would see as contributing members because mm-hmm. they didn't have money really, you know? Yeah. And so there was that weight to that financial weight. But again, it was a matter of priorities. Mm-hmm, that's right. And he knew God's love and the, and the gospel was a more, more important than their, for them to be hung up on their methods as opposed to that message. But yeah, in the moment, okay, this moment's so great because when you, when you mentioned, he says, okay, that door, they works both, works both ways. ways. Yeah. And then you see these older members of the board get up and they walk out. And then this other older gentleman stands up and you think he's going to leave. But he pauses for a moment, walks over and sits down with all the hippies. And he says, all right, pastor, <laughs> now let's begin. Let's begin. And <laughs> I think this yeah. is beautiful. That's, in essence, that was a, a new church that just began in that moment. Yeah. Something new. And Lonnie leans over to him and says, you're going to need a bigger building. <laughs> yeah, so good. So good. The door works both ways. Verse 14, how then... Can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one in whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Romans 10, 14 to 15. You know, Matthew 23, Jesus said this. He said, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You yourself do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. We can't shut the door on those that are seeking salvation. They just don't know it yet. In order to make a difference in the world, you need to have the right purpose, you need to have the right people, and you need to have the right plan. We believe that this church, that Victory Churches, has all three. For over 40 years, we have been passionately pursuing a vision. Reach. Chavin, your notes. Every available person by every available means at every available time with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Teach, teach and train believers to walk in victory in every area of their lives. Mobilize, mobilize the army of God, releasing people into spirit-led ministries at home and around the world. And on an international level, if you didn't know, to plant, plant church planting organizations in as, as, as many nations in the world as possible. To raise and release five-fold ministry teams led by key apostolic leaders in every nation. To work together as united nations with a common purpose to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus. We're part of that. You're part of that. In verse 17 of Romans 10, it said, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. 
Would you stand to your feet, man? Our takeaway is simply this, that our doors are open. They're open to those who need discipleship, who need deliverance, and those that are searching for direction. There's only one way, and his name is Jesus. And we will not get in the way of Yahweh. (laughs) Come on. Because he brings into existence whatever exists. Lord God, we thank you for your word today. Although it might have seemed quick in our time together, we thank you for your pearls. And we thank you for the seed that you have sown in our hearts. And we pray that it would take root, that you would give these men the boldness to walk it out, to live it out. To see what you see, to hurt for those that are hurting. To not look past the pain, but to see your passion, your suffering for all of us to see the resurrection power of your love. If you're here today, man, and you have not yet received Jesus in your heart, confessed with your mouth that he is Lord. Or maybe you've been like me. You were raised, maybe religiously, you were raised in even a good Christian home. We be honest with yourself that along the way you got distracted Along the way, you started to miss Jesus and everybody else. For he said, just as you do to the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you do unto me. And you're tired of striving. Striving for the wrong things. For he will meet all of your needs according to his riches. And as you seek first the kingdom of God, all these things will be added unto you. But remember, his kingdom is about serving and loving others and being the hands and the feet. How will they know if no one tells them, if no one will go? And when we're sent, we're sent with a Savior. We're not sent alone. So in this moment, this holy moment right here right now I'm going to lead us through that prayer that prayer that Paul speaks about right here in Romans 10 verse 9 in our hearts believing and out of our mouth confessing Jesus is Lord I'm going to ask that we all pray together and if you're praying it for the first time do so with your whole heart and welcome home if you're coming back to him well the Lord's been waiting for you too And there's a party about to erupt in heaven. (laughs) I'm just so thankful for his love. So we just pray together. Repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, thank you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Today, today I repent. And I ask for forgiveness. I believe that you rose from the grave. And I'm asking you to come in my life, to be Lord over my life. I'm turning from my way and I'm turning towards you. I thank you that my past is past. And I thank you that today is a new day with you right here and right now.
And Lord, I'm asking for one more thing. A passion. A passion to serve you with all my heart, with all my family, with all my influence. In all the days of my life, that I wouldn't look back. In Jesus' name, amen. Just stay in the moment, eyes closed, heads bowed in the moment. What a precious moment. What a wonderful moment. If you prayed that prayer, whether for the first time or coming back to him this morning, what is it, August 20th, August 20th, 2023, you prayed that prayer for the first time or you came back to him, just give me a thumbs up, all eyes are closed. Yes, thank you, Lord. Heads are bowed. It's your moment. It's between you and God. And if you're watching online, if you're listening online, wherever you are, if you would just message me, private message me, let me know. I want to lift you up in prayer. Lord, I thank you for these decisions that were made today. You say that you will never leave us nor forsake us. Lord, that you have gone to prepare a place for us. And Lord, you have commissioned us to go into all the world making disciples. And so I thank you, Lord, for this day, this day that we get to celebrate another brother in the kingdom of God, in your family. Amen. Well, if you know anything about College Street, we don't make it difficult for people coming to know God, do we? Just like if you can understand salvation, you can understand baptism, and we're not going to make that difficult for you either. We are convicted a while ago. You know, we, we, we measure a lot of things. We set goals, and as you heard, our vision is to reach every available person. That's a big number. <laughs> Everyone. We're seeing so many people coming to know Jesus and coming to the kingdom, and if you read your Bible, you, you know that baptism is an important part of that process. In Acts 22, Paul actually says, what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. It was the first thing when he was given sight when he came from Saul to Paul and he was given back his sight as an apostle of Jesus. And he asked, what shall I do? And the answer was this, get up and be baptized. What are you waiting for? It also says in Romans 6 that when we are baptized, we are baptized with Christ. When we go in the water that we are buried with Christ and we come up out of the water that we are resurrected with Christ. Why would we get in the way? And so if that's you today and you want to step in, the water's ready. We got clothes, we got towels. We'd be privileged and honored to be a part of this journey with you today. Let's worship our God right now. Thank you for tuning in today and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.